Welcome to One Year Later, an Industry Observer podcast presented by APRA AMCOS, where we revisit career-changing moments one year on. I'm your host, Poppy Reed, and for this episode, I chat to Greta Ray, who took out the prestigious Fander & Young songwriting competition just over a year ago with her track, Drive. Greta Ray, thank you so much for being part of the Industry Observer podcast presented by APRA AMCOS. Thank you for having me. We are in the APRA AMCOS office right now. And last time you were here, what happened? Last time I was in this building, um, it was a day after my Year 12 English exam, um, and I had flown up that morning um, on the, the following day to come and receive the Vander and Young Songwriting Prize, which was an amazing experience for me, and I was, I was very overwhelmed and, and still kind of taking in what was happening and doing a bunch of interviews and just you know, letting it sink in. It was such an amazing day for me. How long did it take before it actually sank in? Still hasn't. Um, <laughs> we, we're, we're one year on. We're over one year I on. I don't That's think wonderful. it ever really will. I think that was just because by that point, um, I mean, I'd been very lucky um, over the course of uh, my final year of high school. I was really lucky to be working in the music industry and I was going on tour as a part of Japanese wallpaper and I was releasing my own music and I had a lot of support from Triple J and I had come to Sydney a few times to do stuff for them and you know that was all happening while I was studying so that was pretty full on and I think when it hit about maybe late August September um, I just kind of disengaged from music because I had a priority that was my exams and I really wanted to do well in school and I felt like I owed it to my teachers because they let me, you know, pursue music while I was studying. So I um, I really wanted to do well and I really wanted to focus. And I actually, um, when I got the call um, telling me that I had won the prize, uh, I missed the first call because my phone was on silent because I was doing a practice exam. <laughs> so I was totally in the zone for school. Yeah. Um, so I guess the reason that it probably won't ever sink in was just because I just did not expect it in the slightest. Like I was just not anticipating anything. I'd pretty much, I think I'd forgotten about it. You know, I was honored enough to be a part of the shortlist and I was just being my student self. So it was such an honor. And yeah. Tell me about the moment that you won. Who was the first, who did you call first? Um, I was calling a bunch of people. Um, I think a couple of people missed my calls, but the first person that I managed to get on to, I think, was my mum, who was, you know, equally if not more as shocked as I was, and I was just kind of laughing in complete disbelief. But the second person that I got on to, which was a very great phone call to be able to make, was to my producer, who used to be based in Melbourne and had moved to Nashville since... Um, and we had worked on Drive Together, which was the song that won the competition. So um, he had been the person that had encouraged me to um, enter the competition, and so to get to call him and say that we'd won it, you know, I say we because it, it was a, you know, team effort really. I mean, yeah, I wrote the song, but we had such a good time putting that together. Everyone who worked on it just put an equal amount of love into it, so... It was it was pretty fun getting to call him and tell him that we had some money to make more music. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. I love that you say we had some money to make more music. So that means you've been writing with him since. Well, I yeah, I mean, I kind of do 
the majority of the writing, really. Oh, but um, he produces, um, and I mean, I've worked with other people since as well. But um, Josh is—he's Josh Barber. I should say his full name, so people can get onto his stuff. Um, he was amazing, and I think just because I had such a great time recording my first EP with him um, and Drive, and also Towers, I just kind of had a vision for what my next couple of songs would sound like and you know we found this great mixing person who was based in Nashville as well and so I kind of yeah had a bit of a vision for um I guess the next work that we were going to be creating together and um I think something that's really great about working with Josh is that we have such a great relationship now actually I went over to Nashville um in the middle of last year and lived with him and his family um, and so we got to make music from home, which is really cool. And I kind of get to open up to him about the narratives behind the songs and place that they come from. So when it comes to the production and the emotional element of the music is such an important key thing for me. So he gets to draw the production from that place, really. So it's a really great um, collaboration to get to work with Josh. Yeah. Um, I was going to ask you, because I read this interview that you did with The Australian with the late Ian Shedden, and you said, uh, I'm young, so there's a big responsibility that comes with a prize like that. (laughs) Um, Yeah. (laughs) I just don't remember what I said in any of those interviews. Well, it's very very mature. It's it's very insightful. To me, it says that you took a long time to decide what you were going to do with it. Definitely. Um, I will immediately... I was like, okay, well, we're going to put it away. Um, I just kind of want to continue to focus on things as if, as if this hasn't happened. I mean, to an extent, when I found out, that was probably five days before I did my English exam. And, you know, after I came here and received the prize, I still had three more to go. So I still need to be in that mindset. So it did take a little while to switch back on and to remember that it had happened, really. And... Um, yeah, I mean, I guess I just wanted to make the right decision with how to use it because I, you know, it was such an amazing benefit to my career um, and as a songwriter. So, yeah, it's like any grant, any prize, any gift is, you know, an opportunity to showcase the fact that you're going to use it to the best of your ability and you're going to make the right decision and do the right thing with it. So I'm glad that we were really patient with mm. that. And did you decide that you would go to Nashville and then later decide that you would go to places like London and New York or did you go to Nashville first? I went to Nashville first. Um, That was kind of always a plan. Um, Anyway? Yeah. I mean, I wanted to go... I had wanted to go to Nashville since I was about nine or ten. So I got into go for the first time. You'd never been before? No. Oh, my gosh. So that was really exciting and very overwhelming as well because... I mean, once you've been in that um, intensive um, year 12 mindset um, and the routine that comes with studying and the pressure and the fact that you're constantly thinking about it and then all of a sudden you finish your last exam and it's done. Like, coming to terms with that was a bit weird and almost a little bit anxiety-inducing, I found, because I just had this sudden lack of structure and routine. And, And getting out of that is just a little bit more challenging than you would think. So I was—I remember being in Nashville and, and being like, wow, you know, this is amazing and, and thinking about Vander and Young and thinking about the fact that I was never going to have to go back to school again and I was in this new place and I guess you're a little bit jet-lagged and delirious as well and just kind of being like, wow, that's this is, you know, somewhere I've been wanting to come to for so long and 
it's amazing and this is amazing and I guess, wow, what's my life now that I'm out of <laughs> high school? Like that whole reflective process. So, um, but I mean, in regards to the other places that I've been fortunate enough to travel to, um, those were kind of decisions made based on certain turns of events. Um, when it came to London, uh, the reason that I was traveling to London was because around the time that I finished high school and I kind of opened up the doors to the music industry again and got back into it and, and started playing shows. Um, I started to work with some new managers. So I have an amazing manager based in Australia, based in, in Melbourne, um, Charlotte Abrams. So I've been working with her, worked with her as a mentor initially when I first put my EP out at the beginning of 2016. And, um, and then that kind of transitioned into a management relationship and then we got co-management on board and they are based in the UK they they are based in London and um they're called everybody's management so is this an exclusive this yeah so it's just in (laughs) it's really good because I mean we're working together now and um Adam who is my manager from everybody's he is over here um with Beth as well um, so they came to a show that I played at the Australian Open yesterday and we're having a bunch of meetings at the moment and it's all very exciting and I've just enjoyed working with them so much and, you know, Adam and Charlotte are just incredible, wonderful people and they support me so much and I feel very safe and in good hands and, like, I'm not being rushed into anything and they care so much about the songwriting and that is always going to be the first and foremost most important thing about this project is where the songwriting is um, and growing and and learning about myself and kind of learning the ways of the music industry, I guess, and just taking my time feeling comfortable. So So you have have management in London. Mm -hmm. You have management here. You don't have a publishing or label deal? No, not yet. But you have meetings as early as today and this week? Yes, yes, I do. Incredible. It was really interesting, actually, because (laughs) basically in 2016, which was an amazing year, before um, I won the Van Der Young songwriting competition, um, amazingly, I um, also won um, Triple J Unearthed for that year, which was pretty awesome, too. Um, You had a stellar 2016. (laughs) (laughs) It It was great. The Vander and Young Songwriting Competition is the world's most prestigious songwriting competition with the largest cash prize. Songwriters from all genres are encouraged to submit their song for a chance at $75,000 in cash prizes. Your entry fee goes to a great cause with all funds supporting Nordoff Robbins Music Therapy Australia. Get your song heard like past winners Megan Washington, Kimbra and Greta Ray. Head to vanderyoungsongcomp.com to enter. And hurry, entries close February 15. So when... I won Triple J Unearthed High. In came this flood of emails to me and to Charlotte and to my mum as well, <laughs> um, just inquiring, which was incredible, just inquiring about um, my music and what I was up to and whether I had any plans and am I interested in, in working with a label and, you know, what's an especially my mum and I were just like, we just have no idea, we have no experience in this world. So, you know, I was really lucky to have Charlotte and my mum at the time who took care of all that stuff while I just kind of... The reason that they actually got onto my emails was because my innocent 
Facebook page, which at the time had like 500 likes or something, had my personal email attached to it. <laughs> so they were all do. like, well, then we'll just email you directly. And I was like, mm, uh, I can't read all of these. I have to write essays. Um, so <laughs> just forwarded them all to my mum. And, <laughs> um, and basically what they did with all of those emails and incredible requests was just put them on hold for a second because it was such a priority to me to focus on school, as I mentioned before. So we kind of just put everything on pause um, and then I think once people were just starting to come around to the idea that like, okay, all right, just, she's going to do school and then she'll, she'll check back in later. Okay. We'll, we'll leave her be like right when they were starting to understand Vander and Young happened and then it happened again. <laughs> um, so yeah, I mean, that was really interesting, but I feel like everyone was really, really respectful, which I'm always going to be so grateful for because it meant I could be 18 when I was 18, you know, and I wasn't all consumed and overwhelmed by all yeah. of that stuff and everyone was really patient. And now I feel like I've had this year after high school to grow and to learn about the industry and to make the right connections and to develop the right relationships. And I think now I'm more ready to, to have those conversations because I know where I want my project to go and what kind of music I want to release. And my songwriting's changed and I've changed and so, yeah, I feel like we're in a really good place with it all and there isn't, you know, hasn't really been a better time than now to, to sit down and have those conversations. And listen, finally, yeah. I mean, if they weren't circling around after Vandra and Young, then in January you were announced on the Hottest 100, Drive came in at number 27. Oh, yeah. So, <laughs> I mean, you, you were never going to. I mean, you have done so well Thank to you. maintain your independence during all of that. Thanks. Um yeah, I, you, I, you were the. I read you were. It was the highest debut on the Hottest 100 mm-hmm. by any unearthed artist in history. That is amazing. <laughs> That's so so crazy. Um, yeah, no, that was very exciting for me, um, and it was so cool because it it meant that Drive had this this other this new wave of life to it, which meant I could do something that I'd been wanting to do the whole time I was in school, which was make a music video. So I got to make a music video and put that out like two days video. after. Thank you. Mm. Thanks. I co-directed that, which was awesome. So I don't know, getting to do How'd that. How'd you get that cool. car? Whose car is that? Um, <laughs> getting that car was a nightmare <laughs> because I basically, I wanted that exact model. I don't know anything about cars. Um, and I thought I had made a connection um, with someone. This was in a period of time where, you know, Charlotte was slammed with work and I just kind of basically said to Charlotte and who we were working with for the video, the other director, I was like, we've got five days until like the hottest 100. I want to put this out. Like, you know, cause if, if drive somehow gets in, um, you know, I really want to be able to put out the video like one or two days after that happens. So when people, you know, if there are new people who've listened to the song for the first time that day, they can, they have visuals to go along with it. So, you know, thank you. But like, not really when you're trying to get it done in under a week. <laughs> That's not how music video planning works. Um, but I had such a specific vision and I'd thought about it for so long and I knew exactly what frames I wanted and what minutes I wanted. I studied photography in high school. Ah, so okay. I'd been making videos for other reasons all year. So I was very in that yep. state of mind. Um, so basically... I ended up, because of how badly I wanted to make that happen, I ended up being the one who was making a lot of the phone calls and having a lot of the conversations about getting the music video, like bringing it to life. And 
in terms of organising, getting that car. Thought I made a connection, that fell through, and then I was just calling around Melbourne trying to see if there was any way that I could hire just for 24 hours or more this Mustang convertible and just having, like, an 18-year-old girl calling, <laughs> going, do you have a Mustang and can I use it? Like, <laughs> just What kind of license good. did you have at that point? Nothing. Okay. I'm, yes. I, I'm still on my learners, which is very <laughs> ironic considering the song that, you know, is called Driving. Well, whatever. your main transport is airplane at the moment. It, so yeah. And Uber. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, but... Yeah, so that was challenging, but then I ended up doing the old, like, status on Facebook kind of thing, like, last minute, please help me, I want to shoot this video. By this point, it was, like, two days beforehand, like, I was freaking out. We'd made all of the other connections, and um, finally, I had this really lovely friend of mine who's also a, who's a fan. I met him at a show, um, like, one of my earliest, head- I think it was my first headline show, and he put me in touch with, like, three different people, and one of them worked, and then we had this beautiful car for that shoot, and the colours worked and everything, and, yeah, we got a lot of use out of it, and, like... That's such a nice end to that It's story. a nice, yeah, yeah. It, it worked out in the end, the stars aligned, which was mm-hmm. great. It made shooting the video around a lot of people at Kennet River challenging because the Mustang is a total magnet for attention. So <laughs> that was an interesting part of the shoot, just having everyone being like, nice car, what model is it? And I'm like, I don't know anything about cars. Like, <laughs> I just see, like, <laughs> yeah, I can't even drive. Um, but yeah, that was fun. Looking back on all the songwriting sessions that you did all over the US um, in 2016 and 2017, did is there one songwriting session that sticks out the most when you look back? Ooh, um, songwriting sessions were like, and still are very new to me. Um, I've been very protective of my work as a songwriter and I'm not particularly good when it comes to constructive criticism and I've been writing since I was seven. So there was this like weird part of me that thinks I've totally got it down. You've never got it down. Like there's so much growing to do. There's so much music to listen to that can influence you and change your art and change the way that you approach the process. So, I mean, that in a sense was interesting because I kind of had to just let go for a second and let go of all of my weird perfectionist-y tendencies so I could continue to write music and continue to grow as a writer. Um, Probably there are two things that I did both in 2017 that stand out to me. So the first was um, the most recent, and that was a... what is called um, the, well, it's actually called the 20 song game, um, which my manager from the UK introduced to me in Charlotte. Um, and it is, you know, a game basically where you have like a limited amount of time to try and just write 20 songs and there's no correcting and you can't go back over the song and you can only spend a certain amount of time on one song and you're not allowed to like, you know, check your phone you got to just kind of like be in the zone for that long so it's really intense and there's and then you just have to play the songs to everyone else who's involved in the game how much time are we talking here when you say a limited amount of time 20 songs seems 20 songs in 12 hours is the idea okay which is insane (laughs) we ended up shortening it because of you know not having wanting to eat time yeah (laughs) oh yeah well you have to stack up on snacks like it's just really intense like you have to be a hermit for like 12 hours and just write music but we ended up um, halving it and making it the 10 song game. So it went for six hours. And um, wow. yeah. Even that is an incredible feat. It was pretty amazing. But we all kind of just got into this zone. So the people who were involved in this game, we went down to Summers 
in Melbourne. And it was me, Angie McMahon, Ainsley Wills, um, and my guitarist Connor was there as well, and Ainsley's guitarist Lawrence was there. So we all played the game. Um, and then the idea is that you kind of retreat back to each other and play the songs to each other, and and you haven't kind of tried to perfect them along the way. So that was a real challenge for me as a writer, but at the same time it was very satisfying because it kind of cleared things in a sense that I was able to see where it was that I was getting creatively blocked and what was stopping me from writing as consistently as other writers per se because I don't write songs on like a regular basis. Like I'm always writing but I struggle to finish things because it's never good enough and I want to make it the best and better. And yeah. Totally. But um, that was good because I was kind of like, okay, so when it comes to songwriting, melodies, fine. They're all there. They come really easily. Structure comes relatively easily too. It's using the words and wanting to sound, you know, smarter than the last song and that's that's what's stopping me. It's mm. the words. It's getting – so it's just kind of like what is it that's blocking you and so that was really good for me to understand that that was what was happening in my little brain. And, um, well, you read a lot of poetry, don't you? So I did. I analysed it and read a lot in Year 12 because I was studying literature. Yeah. So. Well, I wonder if that is part of it because you read this poetry by – these poets who were, you know, from hundreds of years ago, say, mm. and, you know, they're critically acclaimed, yeah. <laughs> you know, mm. they're in the books. So, like, maybe it's your comparing yourself to them? I think so. I think there is a little bit of comparison, but the person that I compete with the most is myself, you know? so Which, yeah, definitely that is good, but at the same time it's just kind of, like, sometimes infuriating. And I, I have this thing where I want to, you know... I want to give back to the language that I love so much and and I want to be able to put these smart words, these big words, these beautiful words into pop songwriting so I can look out into a crowd of people and they're singing lyrics like, you know, words like clout and deference, you know, like things that maybe you wouldn't hear in like your everyday pop song or something, totally. like something new. Yeah. Um, so that to me is, is really wonderful to see when, you know, people have learnt those lyrics and they're lyrics that I got out of a Christina Rossetti poetry book that I was looking at one time and I, you know, was inspired by a particular word or wanted to use it. So You're yeah. turning it into intelligent pop. I like it. Thank you. Well, that's that's the intention. That's that's what we're trying to achieve. Um, one other songwriting session that really stood out to me was getting to work with this guy called Matt Hales um, in London, actually, when I went over middle of last year. And I worked on a new song that I had written. Uh, oh, I was still in the process of writing, and it was the first session that I had gone into with a producer that I'd never worked with before with something that was unfinished. And that to me was also really scary because you want to look super prepared. But the idea is to get the best out of the session anyway. So it's like even if it's not finished, like you never know what's going to hit you once you get in there and what ideas the other person that you're working with might have. So that session to me was really special because we got to finish this song in the space of two days. And I was it was writing about the song's called When We're in Fitzroy and Fitzroy's a place in Melbourne and so Matt's, you know, Matt's from London so getting mm. to tell him about Fitzroy and, and how I wanted the production to resonate with, you know, the visuals that I had of that place and what the song was about. So that was really good for me to do that session and, and kind of made me want to branch out and continue to take in unfinished songs to sessions. So, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so you're working on a release. We don't know 
what it's going to look like. But in those songwriting sessions that you look back at, will any of those songs make it onto this release, whatever this release might be? For sure. I mean, I guess what's interesting about having meetings at the moment and, and playing your music and playing, you know, demos and things that are mastered and stuff to a range of people is that you're going to get a lot of feedback and, you know, I've gotten feedback from the audiences that I've played to over the past year and what songs are connecting with them. I mean, I had this amazing moment yesterday at the Australian Open where I was playing, I'd nearly finished my set and I was playing an unreleased song and there's this girl in the front row singing every single lyric and I was like, how, (laughs) how do you know this? Like, you know, it must have been a case of her, I guess, going to another show and recording it and learning like that's crazy (laughs) you know that's amazing so that to me kind of indicates okay so they're like this one they're willing to like record it on like video footage and listen back to that so that's good let's give them a really good quality recording now (laughs) um so i mean i guess everyone has different opinions on on what the best kind of songs that i've written so far will be to put out but um you know whatever we decide to do at the end of the day it it will be the right decision because it's been such a long time coming. So Taking your time. Yeah. It's beautiful. It really is. <laughs> Thank you. So entries are now open for this year's Fander and Young Songwriting yeah. Competition. Have you entered? Mm-mm. Because you can. Yeah. Nah. <laughs> <laughs> um, no. Oh, my goodness. You don't want to, you, why is that? Um, well, I mean, as much as it, how grateful I am to APRA and all of the people here. And, and I just, I don't know. There are a lot of amazing songwriters young older in Australia that I have so much respect and love for and I think it's just kind of like you know I I want to see someone else get the same shock um and joy that I did when I found out you know I want I want somebody else to to see that and to you know whatever their kind of experience might be rock up at this building and be like oh my god I can't believe I'm here like I just I can't wait to hear that story for the, from you know whoever the next winner is so that's that's what I want that's yeah <laughs> it's official you're as gorgeous as your songs oh thank wow. you <laughs> so do you have advice for any artists that are thinking about submitting just go for it and do it because you've got nothing to lose um I would just say I mean also a portion of the money that is raised when you enter the competition as well goes to a really good cause. Yes, um, Robbins. Yeah. So that that in, in itself is just kind of like a great reason to enter as well. So, and I guess also just believe in your art because if you've worked really hard at it for a while and or even if you've just started, like, you know, I, I, I don't know, just go for it. Go, go ahead. You, you've really got nothing to lose and you could get something amazing out of it and, you know, yeah, it's it's great. It's just amazing what this prize has done for me in the past year and the confidence it has given me. And the fact that Drive was a song that I spent so long crafting. Um, How long did you spend crafting it? I, um, look, I guess I, I couldn't really give a, a super accurate timeline because I feel like it was one of those songs that, you know, I'd be writing like, six others and then all of the good hooks in the various songs I kind of brought them into the one song in the end because I just loved all of the hooks in them and I just wanted to make a very hooky pop song at that point I guess um 
but I spent a lot of time with the words and the concept and I was I was very excited about what we were creating and um, getting to be in the studio and there was so much love in that studio when we were putting it together, you know. People were so excited and we just had such a good time putting it together and releasing it and the response was amazing. And so to win a prize that is a credit to my work as a songwriter is you know what the overriding thing for me is just that honor you know I mean the funding is phenomenal and I'm I'm so grateful for that because it's meant that we can take our time with this project and that we have a lot more independence when it comes to releasing music for the time being and um you know it's just provided such security but the thing that was so amazing about it to me was that in the shortlist I was alongside all of these incredible songwriters that I have so much respect for and you know APRA decided to to reward me for the work that I'd put in as a songwriter and that is so amazing for the arts to have an outlet like this to have something like APRA like I just yeah I think it's amazing and that's see I'm rambling and I guess this kind of <laughs> ramble embodies the fact that you know, this is why I, I still can't get my head around the fact that it happened just because I just think it's the greatest thing. And I'm, yeah, very happy to be back in this building. It's bringing back a lot of good feelings and Yeah, and you're memories. so loved here. <laughs> when you walked in, everyone knew you, everyone loves you. I'm so excited for this year for you. I mean, if 2016 and 2017 were anything to go by then this is going to be another Benny year thank you and thank I believe so that you have a very important meeting to go to so I will let you go but thank Greta you Ray, thank you so much for your time you're welcome this podcast is presented by APRA AMCOS did you know in addition to collecting songwriting royalties for over 90,000 members APRA AMCOS is dedicated to fostering the careers of music creators through workshops grants networking events and international opportunities APRA AMCOS. They don't just collect, they connect. Go to apraamcos.com.au to find out more.